This is the Irrelevant Information Podcast, a podcast about the importance of the unimportant. I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and today we're going to talk about coffee. So I started drinking coffee when I was about four or five years old. Now, before you start thinking what an irresponsible parent my mom was, just keep in mind, it really wasn't a lot of coffee. It was mostly milk, as a matter of fact. And the reason why I started drinking so young was because every day, a couple of minutes after dinner, my dad would have a cup of coffee. Sometimes he would have it with pan dulce, and sometimes my mom and grandma would join him, and I'd want to join in too. Everything about it was super appealing to me. The smell of the coffee, the bread, of course, and that time of relaxation and just talking and smiling and laughing around the table all appealed to me. So my mom would give me a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of milk and a tiny mug so that I could join him and sit around and have a cafecito. And I haven't stopped drinking coffee since. However, at some point during my college years, I found out that my coffee that I've been drinking my whole life was, quote, bad coffee. And someone took me to Starbucks. And then I enjoyed that for a while. Then later, I found out that Starbucks was actually the, quote, bad coffee. And I found myself in some other place that had chemistry equipment all over the place and a skinny dude with a leather apron who thinks a mustache is a personality trait making coffee. And that was actually really good coffee. And I still drink that type of coffee. I'm sure your journey was something similar to mine, where you start off with, you know, simple instant coffee and then graduate to Starbucks and then graduate to something a little bit more fancy. And Americans drink more coffee than anyone else in the world. And the type of coffee we drink has changed, but maybe that's not necessarily something that will last. As you probably know, coffee is derived from a plant that grows small red fruits which have seeds which are then picked and roasted and ground and then water is filtered through the ground beans producing coffee. The plant itself is called a kaffia plant, so coffee with an A at the end, and it's actually a shrub or a small tree. And there's dozens of varieties of the kaffia plant, but the two most popular and well-known are Arabica and Robusta. Robusta was the coffee bean that built America. It's a sturdy plant, and the beans it produces have low acidity and high bitterness. In contrast, Arabica has complex acidity and a fuller body, as well as lower caffeine concentration. Arabica also tend to have notes of fruits or florals or a little bit more complex flavors in them. Robusta is what was considered bad coffee earlier in my introduction, and Arabica is what's considered good coffee. Broadly speaking, of course, there's a lot more to it. You, if you know anyone that is into coffee, they have their own methods of brewing. They have their own methods of roasting. They have their preferred methods of whether using a French press or an AeroPress or whatever. This is just broadly speaking. Robusta is considered bad and Arabica is considered good. Now, as I said earlier, Robusta is the coffee that built America. It's what Folgers was, or Maxwell House, you know, the old American coffee brands. Nescafe, too, if you've ever, like, in Latin America, Nescafe is hugely popular as an instant coffee, and that's all Robusta. In fact, most instant coffee tends to be derived from Robusta coffee. The popularization of Arabica coffee in the United States can be attributed to one guy, Alfred Pete, a.k.a. Pete of Pete's Coffee. 
Nowadays, Pete's Coffee is just another one of the thousands of brands you can get as a K-cup, or probably you've seen them at an airport, especially in the West Coast. But Alfred Pete is the first person to sell specialized coffee beans wholesale in the United States. Alfred was a Dutch immigrant to the United States whose father owned and operated a coffee bean grindery in the Netherlands. At 18, he worked for a tea company in London before moving to San Francisco in 1955 at the age of 35. When he arrived there, he was really disappointed in the quality of coffee available, so he took it upon himself to improve the coffee around him. In fact, he considered the coffee that we had here in America as equivalent to the wartimes era rationed coffee that he drank back in Europe. So he opened up his own coffee roastery in Berkeley, California. And in the process of that, he introduced Arabica beans and small batch roasting to America. And his influence was huge. He was the first guy to do this in the United States. It's so big. I Starbucks, right? Arguably the most famous brand of coffee in the world. When they started off, contacted Pete to learn about where to source and how to roast beans. And Pete even supplied Starbucks with beans at the beginning. And now everyone boasts of having only Arabica beans, right? Even McDonald's coffee will say 100% Arabica coffee or whatever. So this raises the question, are we in a golden age of coffee? If Arabica beans are that much better and everything from Starbucks to McDonald's claims to have it, maybe we are. But here's the potentially sad part about it. It may soon be ending. The reason for that is our old friend climate change, specifically because Arabica coffee plants are so finicky and picky. So Arabica coffee takes about seven years to mature and needs something close to 40 to 59 inches of rain a year to do so. It also only grows at a specific altitude, that is between 1300 meters and 1500 meters of altitude. It can't handle the cold very well and it can't handle the heat well at all. It needs to be between 59 and 75 degrees Fahrenheit in order for it to grow. Also, the plant prefers to grow in the shade. As if that weren't enough, it loves to grow these beautiful smelling flowers, but the flowers growing means the coffee beans won't be produced so well because the plant would rather produce flowers than beans, so you have to keep pruning it if you want it to actually produce coffee and not just take over every little bit of shade, which it can as it's become an invasive species in some of the areas where it's been introduced as a cash crop. For example, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is being overrun with Arabica and it's not producing any coffee and it's just taking over mountains. As if that weren't enough, bugs love this plant. So they can get infested really quickly and you lose your whole crop and everything because bugs really like those little berries. With all of these factors paired with rising climate, extended droughts and just weather patterns changing all over the place, it's predicted that there's going to be a lot less Arabica coffee successfully grown, which means a lot less of the good coffee for everyone in the world. Robusta, on the other hand, can grow in any altitude. It's not picky about sun or shade. Bugs hate it because it has too much caffeine, and bugs don't like the taste of caffeine, apparently. It doesn't need a lot of water. It can handle almost any temperature, just Plainly put, it's a way hardier plant, which means it can, and in fact will be, around longer. 
Now, it's not all bad, though. Most Italian coffee consists of a Robusto Arabica blend, which is about 70% Robusta, which gives the coffee a nice dark color and body, but Arabica providing a little bit of sweetness to it. Vietnamese coffee, which is another one of the famous coffee cultures in the world, is also mostly Robusta. And again, like I said, the coffee we all had before Starbucks came crashing into our lives was primarily Robusta. So if you grew up on Folgers or whatever, that was Robusta. So even though we may be in the golden age of coffee, at least as envisioned by Pete's coffee, I don't think Arabica coffee is the end-all be-all of good coffee. Now, before you coffee snobs jump over me, I have to admit that ever since I was introduced to, quote, good coffee, I could maybe be a little bit of a snob and only want the good stuff, right? Like I go to a place and I'm like, ah, this isn't very good. It's too bitter or it wasn't roasted well or whatever. Those things have escaped my mouth and sometimes I make myself cringe. But I can also admit that to me, the best thing about coffee isn't the drink itself. Every time I have a coffee, I'm chasing that feeling I had when I was a kid and would see coffee being shared at the table after dinner. I'm chasing that time to relax and unwind, to talk about the day, to tell jokes, to enjoy the company of each other. I'm chasing that time of having a café con pan dulce. Coffee was a catalyst to a time spent together with people you love. And every cup I drink reminds me of that and makes me feel at peace. To me, it's really never been about the caffeine buzz, and I think that's the same with a lot of people. But sadly, that's not the case for a lot of people and maybe an even larger number of people who are wasting the good coffee on something that's just seen as fuel. And that's what I hate about Starbucks. It's become this fuel for people. Coffee that's seen as fuel that's essential for the day and, oh, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee, that is missing the full potential of coffee. What good is living in the golden age of coffee if it's seen as something that's necessary to function and not as something that is a nice thing to round off your day? In this way, Pete's vision for a better coffee for Americans has failed because, by and large, Americans still see coffee as a means to stay up all night or cram for an exam or whatever. And honestly, if you're going to use coffee for that, just drink an energy drink instead. So, Arabica coffee is going away. It's being destroyed by global warming. Which means you should take the time right now to appreciate the good coffee we have. Stop treating it as fuel. Go out there, get some friends, get some family, grab a cup, sit around a table, enjoy, talk, get some pan dulce or a pastry or whatever. And even when Arabica goes away, if we can treat coffee as more of an excuse to slow down and enjoy the company of others instead of necessary fuel to be able to act human, we'll be all right. And if you still just want to see it or use it as fuel, stop getting the Ravica coffee and leave some for the rest of us. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Again, follow us on social, Instagram at Irrelevant Podcast, Twitter at Irrelevant Pub. Um, go out there, enjoy cafecito with your pan dulce. See you next time. And as always, OR4 did nothing wrong.
is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.